Today's episode is brought to you by Devour Frozen Meals, mm. the official frozen meal of UFC. They put big flavor first with premium meats, creamy sauces, and gooey cheeses. Matt, you and I both love this ad because they have like incredibly tasty food. It's not all bland stuff. It's true, Jimmy. You like that, oh, right? Oh, I like it, Jimmy. They have buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Uh, next time you're in the freezer aisle, check that stuff out. It's smothered in a spicy buffalo cheddar cheese sauce that'll knock your socks off unless you're barefoot, in which case you'll just enjoy it. Uh, or how about their loaded potatoes with Angus beef and bacon? It's, uh, what is it? Oh, right. It's loaded with crispy bacon and delicious hunks of Angus mm. beef. Whatever you choose, Devour Meals is your new favorite frozen meal. Nothing else compares. Devour Meals, the official frozen meal of the UFC. Mm-hmm. He's got it. Oh, oh, wow. No way. Jack Manson with another submission. He's a scary man when he wins a fight, isn't he? Everything I do in my life is working for this goal to become the best in the world. Your winner out of Oslo, Norway, Jack the Joker. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, we have Steve-O coming in in a little bit. We have Jack Hermanson uh, on the show today. But most importantly, my pal, Matt, first class Sarah, as I like to call him, is Thank back. You. I don't know if you've seen the video of my seat, Jimmy. I did. Oh, Jimmy, it doesn't get much better than that. I had a nice little slice of heaven in the sky. We had, you know, it's like, it's like your own little cubby hole, you know? Yeah. And you could just watch movies. You turn it all the way down into a bed, take a nap. I, I'll tell you right now, if the 15 hours on the plane, you think yeah. I'd be like, ah, get me off. No. It's like I hit the snooze alarm. I lay back down. I get up. It was fun, Jimmy. I don't know why I was worried. Why was I worried? Well, you're a humble guy. You don't understand your status because you're a humble guy. Yes. I don't understand sometimes that I'm a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. I have to drill it into your head and you forget the Frank Trigg knockout, but I don't like to let you forget that. I know you bring it up once, once in a blue moon. And the fact that I won the ultimate fighter and I was a champion in UFC has nothing to do with, you know, me being humble. That's right. But I am a humble guy. And I was in Abu Dhabi, Jimmy, and I was there uh, like a week more than I had to be. Did you know that? No, I knew you stayed. Why did you stay just to relax? It was so wacky, Jimmy, on the way over there. So we got tested, right? When we got to Vegas, we got tested, myself, Dean Thomas, and whoever, one of the fighters before we get on a charter plane to Abu Dhabi. And Mr. Dean Thomas, unfortunately got the COVID and he looked fine too. He's all good. And, uh, and you know, so I'm, so that bummed me out. And Dean was in the holiday Inn for <laughs> that shitty holiday Inn for like 10 days. I felt bad for him. So we had to go without him. So we went to Abu Dhabi and on the plane, some of the people wanted a, a, a the, the flight attendants wanted a, a picture with some of the fighters. So they brought us to the front of the plane. It was myself, Michael Bisping, Jared Gordon, Jared Flash Gordon. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they took a picture with us, you know, and then when we got, when we landed, I get a call from Dana. 
And he goes, yo. He's like, we might be fucked. <laughs> he goes, look. He goes, that Jared, when we get down, when we touch down at Abu Dhabi, you test again, right? For the COVID. Yeah. And it said he was positive. And meanwhile, we're taking a picture with him. He didn't have the mask on. And it came back, long story short. So we had to get quarantined, quarantined another 48 hours. And, dude, I must have took like five or six COVID tests when I was over there. Sure. But he had a false positive. I right. guess that shit happens sometimes. His corner too, right? Was it his corner too? His corner didn't make it. He had to oh, have a whole oh. other corner in there. Right, okay. Paul Felder actually. Paul Felder, right. Yeah, he left, left his duty. Right. Announcing boost yep. to uh, go help him out. And he did good. Congrats to uh, Jared. Yeah. Him. And congrats on the false positive. Yes. <laughs> so it threw us off with the with the shooting. So we had to shoot, you know, a little bit later. And I had to stay a little bit later. But hey, man, it's all, all good. Did they, uh, before we talk to Steve-O, who's going to join us in a second. Yeah. Did you, as my friend and co-host, did you watch Dana White looking forward to a fight with myself and Michael Bisping? I didn't know about it. No, I because I texted well, you and I didn't hear back. Okay. All right. I'll pretend like it doesn't hurt. No, no, but I'll I will pretend like, I'll pretend like you support me through everything. I will definitely watch. It's like 17 minutes, Jimmy. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I got to do shoot uh, fucking TBS and do movies yeah. and shit. Don't get too big for me, Jimmy. Never. I'm sorry, buddy. Don't Listen, be. so anyway, it was, I'll tell you, the show's getting a lot of positive. They, they, people were enjoying it. Good. And, they, and it, uh, they loved Michael Bisping on air. And we had a blast, dude. We did pearl diving. We did fucking rock climbing. I'm going to keep you in suspense to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm I'll not. watch it. I will absolutely watch I it. I want you to watch it. And we'll, and we'll, we'll pick this up on Wednesday. And I want to yes. know. Yes, I will you. watch it. Uh, I bet you Steve will watch it. Hey, now, Steve, is that, is that the dog? Uh, you've told the story about finding that dog outside. Is that the same dog? Yeah. I found her in the streets of Peru. Really? Uh-huh. Let me see that. That's yeah. a nice looking dog. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had her with me when I was with you guys in New York. Travel with her everywhere. Well, how did tell us that that story? What did you, what's your dog's name? It's Wendy. Wendy. And I was uh, I was in Peru with Chuck Liddell. We were taping a, a a reality show where we learned how to mountain climb. And this involved being up in a base camp in the mountains for like three weeks. And my first thought was uh, to find a street dog to bring up to the mountains and to sort of have at the base camp. And uh, that was your was first fun. thought. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I love dogs, man. Like everywhere I go, I always just like take the street dogs. And uh, Wendy, she followed me around everywhere. There were actually a few days before we went up to the base camp. And so I found Wendy on the first day. I tried to bring her into my hotel, but they weren't having it. They, uh, they, they busted me trying to smuggle her in. <clears throat> and they said that, that she was under no circumstances allowed in the hotel. So I slept with her in a tent outside the hotel for my first uh, like five nights in Peru. And oh, we're, yeah, we've been inseparable ever since. She's the greatest dog ever. Best oh, score. What kind of dog is she? She's a, a Belgian Malinois mix. Oh, I was going to guess that. Yeah. I yeah. Thought you well, and aren't you scared? Like, <laughs> I love dogs, but you're not scared of a stray dog? Like, you, you aren't scared like that, uh, that they, they might snap her? You know? <laughs> no, she's just so mellow. She's been this mellow ever since uh, I found her. And 
I got her, I took her to the vet the, the day after I found her and I uh, got her all, all her shots and everything. And uh, yeah, that, 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 that's been almost three years now. Oh, okay. Steve, hey, Steve-O, I seen something on the, uh, on the computer there with you uh, getting attacked by Holly Holm. What was I watching? Was that a while ago? Okay. <clears throat> it was pretty recent, actually. That was just a few weeks ago. And um, the, uh, the story was that John Jones um, reached out to me about getting together to do his, uh, his care project, which is um, sort of an outreach effort to help uh, in, in various ways in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, I just thought this would, would, would be great. So here, this RV that I have and I use as a podcast studio, <clears throat> we drove it out to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we got into all kinds of stuff with John Jones. We went to Jackson Wink, and I sparred with Holly Holm. Uh, John Jones, uh, it, it, I sparred with John Jones at his house. Um, I, hope we went to a, I hope you took it easy on them. They get their professionals. <laughs> and they, you don't want to hurt them for their job, you know. I I know I know they 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 got off pretty easy. <laughs> so so, so and, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so there, I mean, dear, we went to a skate park. Here's where the uh, you know the them getting hurt. And John Jones, we're at the skate park. We're giving out these um these care packages to uh to homeless people at this at this park and uh you know there's a skate park right next door i grab my board and i start doing tricks in the skate park john jones goes to grab my skateboard and i'm thinking oh no because he's trying to ride down ramps and stuff he yeah. doesn't know what he's doing yeah. i'm thinking this is like this this could be a career-ending injury for the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. And I'm going to be responsible because it's my board he's grabbing. But he didn't even care. He went, dude, he, he almost got legitimately hurt, but he didn't. And, uh, and then we went from there to, uh, see, I used to live in Albuquerque, which is why John thought of me. And uh, whenever I've gone to Albuquerque, he's come to my shows. It's, it's great. Like, he's, he's a real buddy. And um, I lived in Albuquerque back in the 90s, 1996. I did uh, my first ever, it was a, a three-story building, and I did a front flip off of the roof, landing in five feet of water. And when I went back a few weeks ago, I thought, dude, I wonder if I could still do that. You know, like go to the same building. I'm six feet tall. This pool is five feet deep. I'm doing a front flip off the roof of a three-story building. It's just not safe. I did it almost 25 years ago. And with John Jones there, John, John Jones was flying the drone, getting this killer drone shot. And uh, his professional photographer, Will Fox, shot this killer photo sequence. And uh, yeah, I pulled off the stunt. It was terrifying, every bit as terrifying as it was 25 years ago. And what's notable about it is that I took this photo sequence, right? The photographer made it into one frame. So it's just one picture of the building, but there were like eight of me doing the flip off the oh, roof, nice. you know, one of those one frame sequences. And uh, I got 1,500 prints of that photo sequence printed, signed every single one of them and sold them on my website for 25 bucks a piece and donated 100% of the proceeds to the food bank in Albuquerque. Oh, that's nice. This is so cool. Yeah, I went back to Albuquerque to do this crazy stunt in Albuquerque and then and, and sort of feed people in Albuquerque as well. So, yeah, that was the – and then on the last night, after we taped my podcast with John Jones, 
we, we, we continued the effort to give me cauliflower ear, which is, <laughs> which is this absurd uh, thing I've been working on. I started with Chuck Liddell, then Ronda Rousey, then Jorge Masvidal, and finally John Jones. John Jones took his current light heavyweight championship belt, laid it on top of my ear, and just went after it with a hammer. And uh, I actually lost a chunk of my ear. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just a little one, yeah. It was hanging off. We oh. cut off with scissors. John oh. Jones kept, John kept part of my ear. Ah. Uh, Can we see your ear? Can we see? Well, yeah, you see, after all this effort, um, it seems that I'm just not, uh, I'm one of these people that doesn't get cauliflower ear. Oh, but, yeah. yeah there you go. It's, um, some guys just don't get it, right? Yeah. So, some guys just don't get it, and it's not for a lack of effort, that's for sure. God, the you, amount of things that I've done with all of these people, all of these legends, and all these creative ways, um, I really, really uh, have tried hard to get it. Do you well, train too? Sorry, Matt, you, you said you went to Jackson Wink and you got to spar with John and Holly. Do you train? Not in uh, an MMA sense at all. I mean, I'm an active guy. I ride my bicycle. I love to surf, skateboard, and all that stuff. But, but yeah, no part of me is a fighter. I'm just a diehard fight fan. You know, with the whole cauliflower ear, it's weird that you want it. Why do you want the <laughs> cauliflower ear? I, this is with Dana White asked me that question. And uh, I told him, because when a man has cauliflower ear, he gets respect. Ah. <laughs> I mean, well, shit, man. Just fucking, uh, it's weird, though. Because, I mean, the cauliflower ear, you got to kind of earn. You can't, otherwise, you just look like another fucking, you'll be like a, like a douche with one of those affliction shirts being like, ah, respect me, I'm a fighter. Well, and you're not. That's, that's what Joe Rogan told me. Oh, he, there, he, there you go. He, he, he was opposed to the idea of me uh, trying to get cauliflower ear. And, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, for, for a lot of people, I would agree with you. But for me, being a, a dipshit jackass guy trying to get cauliflower ear at the hands of legitimate MMA legends. I think I, yeah. I think I I think I give myself a pass for that. But you know, yeah, moot no. point because it didn't work. Well I, I give you a pass on that too. Speaking of your jackass friends, you I'll tell you, who would have guessed that you might be doing the best out of everybody? Did you talk are you talking to any of those guys anymore or no? Sure. And and here I'll tell you what, man, we started filming Jackass four. Uh, we, oh that's good. Yeah. Which is, which is just, it's so surprising to me that now as we're, and some of us are actually in our 50s now. I just turned 46. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, it's pretty mind-boggling oh, that, uh, that at this age that we would be doing it. But hey, you know, it, it's all good. We uh, got off to a great start. We filmed one week. Uh, everything we did worked magnificently well. Just, we were fucking killing it. And a week into the production, uh, coronavirus shut us down. Shit, man. So when everything, when this thing finally does pass, are you guys going to resume? And That is the idea. Yeah, apparently uh, Paramount Pictures is just doing cartwheels over how great the footage we've been getting is. Uh, and uh, yeah, they, they even um, moved our release date to uh, uh, July 2nd. The July 4th weekend is apparently like the biggest movie theater 
uh, weekend of the year. Yeah. And uh, that that's how much they love our shit. So uh, if uh, if we can just get, get over this stupid virus, then... Um, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Man, you're telling me. That, yeah, now here I'll tell you now, and thank you for your kind words. I appreciate you, uh, you know, saying that I'm doing well. I, I, I really do. And I have an exciting thing. I'm. To, I have not announced this publicly at all in oh, any way. Oh shit! Breaking news. And, uh, Finally, yeah. we never get breaking news. We're very happy. Oh, <laughs> uh, this 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 is a big ass deal, man. And uh, I'm so excited because I've been working on this project for the longest time. It's uh, my new comedy special, which uh, yeah, like as I was putting together my new my new uh, act, my new hour. Right. One night I was I was doing my stand up and I thought, shit, all of these stories that I'm telling, these crazy stories that I'm telling in this act, they all happened on camera. So what if I taped the special and and edit the footage of the stories I'm telling into the stand-up so it's fully multimedia. And uh, my, head, my head exploded. I started taping all my shows and cutting it all together. And then I started doing more, more crazy stunts to load it up with all, all brand new shit. And then I got the whole Jackass cast together for the first time since we lost Ryan Dunn. And uh, these fucking guys duct taped me to the side of a billboard truck and then drove me down the highway 200 fucking miles <laughs> Dude, like it's the crazy, uh, it, it's the craziest fucking project that I have ever made. It is still not public, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you guys and and everybody watching this the secret. My website is stevo.com, but this lives at stevotv.com. You can go to it right now. Just the tree. You have to be 18 years old. You gotta confirm that when uh is am I 18 because it's a real dick fest. You had Jimmy at Dick Fest. You should have started it with Dick Fest, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean like like one of the bits that I did for this this special um I I the premise was that I, I think since women can just paint their boobs and go walking around like it's no big deal, yeah. that I should, I should be able to paint my dick and do whatever I want. So I put together, yeah, so I put together this cyclist suit, you know, this hardcore cyclist suit with all the spandex, and, 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 but I just painted on the shorts, went out on my 10-speed uh, bicycle like a real hardcore cyclist just fucking crashing this bike in front of dudes on the sidewalk. So like they see this crash and they come over to help me out and reach their hand out to help me up. 
and I'm laying there with my schlong, and it's the fucking, it's one of the fucking funniest things I ever did, man. <laughs> no, and, and did, like, <laughs> did they notice you at all, Steve? Did anybody go and be like, oh, let me, oh, it's it's the fucking jackass guy, Steve-O. Um, they, a couple of them did, yeah, but 100% of them noticed that that was my dick just flopping right there. You know, I mean, it worked so well, dude. Let me, and, let me uh, just, Steve-O, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, yeah, no, of course, myself, go for in that situation, just to make sure you're well, like you represent yourself well, did you plop like, pop like a, a blue chew or something? You know? No, um, I, I, I didn't. Okay. And, and here, here's the, the, the tragic the tragic truth, right? I didn't oh. even plan it this way, but the bike that I was going out to ride was was blue and and black, and this 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 shirt, I had the, my biker shirt was blue, and like I did, I painted the shorts on with black paint, right? And I mean, I, I looked like a real fucking coordinated, like you know, like a guy who takes biking really seriously. Yes. And I was so proud. I'm so proud of the look of, of, you know, me all done up. So before we went to go film the bit, uh, my girl took a photo of me hoisting up the bike and I texted it to Johnny Knoxville. Motherfucker writes back, that's the smallest black dick I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even plan it that. Like, I didn't even yeah. fucking think about it. I was like, oh, dude, I walked right into that one. And, uh, <laughs> So now, and to answer your question, no, I didn't look good. No, I, I, did, I didn't. Look that's like right, fucking, though. It yeah, sounds hey, man, fucking amazing. All, yeah, well, thanks, dude. It's it's it, dude. Just the trailer alone is is. Dude, I had the worst injury that I ever had in, in my whole fucking life taping this comedy special. It's such a equal equal parts like jackass movie and stand up special and like fucking crazy documentary. I ended up with skin grafts on 15% of my body oh my God, from shooting the, shooting the final scene. Really? Jesus, yeah. dude. Yeah. Steve, Steve, what was it, road rash or something? Road rash? No, 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 burns. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I fucking, I, I, the, the final bit was blowing up my living room with me in it. And uh, <laughs> Shit, it was really gnarly. Now I thought you got into the uh, the stand up to try to save yourself from this shit and get away from it a little bit or have a safer path. No, you would you would you would think you know yeah. you, you you would think, but in my view, I'm just such an attention whore at at, at my core. I'm such an attention whore, and yeah. I just want to I want to entertain people as much as I possibly can. So, like, what I've just done is just brought all of my worlds into one explosive mm. fucking format. And uh, I love it, dude. I love it so much. Uh, and now the stand-up, and you're enjoying the stand-up also, correct? Sure. Yeah, I've been and, doing and, it for over 10 years now. Oh, wow, yeah. man. Now, so you got into it around 36 or so. So uh -huh. I want to know Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's, uh, you know, a stand-up forever. Sometimes I feel, like, because I remember, like, I heard, like, John Lovitz got into stand-up really late and, and I hear people uh -huh. kind of like talking about him, like, like, you know, I got into it when he was older, almost like shitting on him for that. Jimmy, as a stand-up, it feels like the guys that really put their time in it and when people come into it late in the game, I, not a snobbiness, but a little bit of a, look at this guy trying to, not, not about Steve-O, but I'm saying I what? saw 
John Lovitz. I heard people talking about him. Like, is that, what is that with comics? Comedians, or- it's like anything else. Like, like Steve's a guy who's a funny dude, so it's not surprising. Yeah. And, and, and like, you, you're somebody that entertains, like comedians find you entertaining and funny, so it's not a weird leap for Steve-O to do stand-up, and he's good at it. So when you see a guy who's good at it, and who's funny, no, no one resents that or no one minds a guy doing one thing first because what he did is far crazier than what any of us do. So it's almost like we can't say like, oh, he's just trying to say stand up is an easier thing than the, the craziness he was doing. So uh, it, it's different when there's an actor who gets into it and sucks. Then comics tend to be real douchey about it. And I'm not just saying this because you're my friend either, but a guy like Steve-O, uh, comedians uh, have no issue with because he's funny. Because I also heard the guy from Entourage did it, and, and, and he, what's his name? Jeremy Piven. Jeremy yes. I haven't seen his stand-up. I don't know if he's good or not. He might be good. I don't know. I, I think I heard that he was reasonably good at it. I, uh, but but I, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and, and again, I want to say thanks to both of you guys. And, and uh, you know, Jim being so kind to me and, and, and Matt being so gentle. You know, like, I think the reality is that uh, there is, um, there are some types of people in the world who are uh, threatened by, um, you know, they, they don't have a, an attitude of abundance. And they think, oh, this fucking guy's coming in, you know, he's, he's gonna, you know, I don't know, some people, they want to hold you back, hold you back, and some people don't. Um, I, I personally just think that um, if, if I had done badly, then uh, I wouldn't have lasted, you know, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been uh, consistently touring and building, you know, building a, you know, a career in standup if, uh, if I hadn't earned it. But um, so some people aren't rooting for you and some people are, that's the, that's the truth. I think in any, in any industry and in anything that you're doing and, uh, and, 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 you know, fuck them, man. Hey, Jack, how are you? How's it going, guys? Shit. Hey, man, Jack, uh, first of all, congratulations on a phenomenal win. Thank you so much, man. I mean, that was beautiful heel hook. One after the other from half guard. And he, I, I, I'm, I mean, it was the first time we've seen a heel hook in ages in the yeah, UFC, yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. You know, is that, is that a move you get off a lot in practice? Yeah, all the time, man. It's one of my go-to moves, actually. But, you know, I don't end up so much on bottom in my fight, so people haven't seen it yet. Well, they've seen it now. Yeah. And, yeah. and you mentioned something after the fight, how um, Kelvin, like, kind of tripods. Is that right? Yeah, he, he, exactly. He, he tripods, and uh, that's, that leaves him open for that. Oh so, you, oh, so you went over that scenario before the fight, yeah. that he tripods. Yeah, Several times the same week, and so uh, we we prepare for that. Did you feel the ankle pop? Oh yeah, man! It was like it was it was extremely nasty. You know, uh, I cranked, I cranked, and then I adjusted, and I went down a little bit more uh, with the foot, and uh, th- then it, it was the knee actually, just like horrible sound. Uh, so <sighs> I'm 100 percent sure the ligament snapped right off the the leg there. Uh, and then I was just like, oh, isn't it happening? And, and then, then the tap came. So, uh, Did you find it strange fighting in such a – because I just left – I was in Abu Dhabi just the week, a few days before that. Yeah. Uh, and it's so quiet in there. And it affects different fighters 
it affects fighters differently. How yeah. did you feel fighting in that quiet environment? It's a little it freaky. No, nah, it, it felt pretty good actually. And I was so in my own zone. But when I walked out of the octagon, I started to fist bumping the all the guys that were working there because there were no crowd to fist bump. So uh, did, did it was it strange hearing this because a lot of guys have said that the sounds like hearing the the the, uh, the announcers or hearing guys in the other corner for them is difficult how, how did you handle that or how long did it take to adjust for, to that the sounds that you're hearing i felt, felt good it's more like a sparring session you know quiet and uh, uh, and nice so uh, i didn't mind actually i i felt pretty comfortable with uh, with that uh, scenario fighting in the uh, in silence were you paranoid at all, like, you know, uh, nervous about the, the virus and the virus testing? Or are you a guy who kind of just kind of takes it as it comes? Or, or are you a little concerned about the germs and, and getting sick? No, I, I, like the opposite. It felt like so safe uh, with, with the whole uh, thing that you see had us going through. I knew that there is probably no safer place in the world right now than, than on Fight Island. Yeah, I mean they're testing people, and, and 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 Matt, who was it that had the uh, the false positives? Uh, uh, was Gord, Jared Gordon. Jared right? Gordon had the false positive. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it does make you feel good when you get to Vegas, you test, and then you get on a chartered plane, it, and you know everybody's been tested. It does make you feel more at ease, yeah. right, Jack? It, it, it absolutely does. Six times two quarantines. Yes. It's just like, uh, and you knew that everybody that you surround are surrounded with has gone through the same process. So uh, I felt safe, for sure. Yeah, dude. Hey, I just want to say what's up to, to Jack, man. How's it going, dude? I'll see you around, man. How's it going? <laughs> you know yeah, Steve-O from dude. Jackass fame? Do you know oh, Steve-O? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. watch Jackass? Oh, oh I watch Jackass so much, man. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah, man. Hey, congratulations, dude. I think that, uh, you know, when, when the guys are asking you, were you nervous about getting sick? I would think about it. The, the real question would be, were you nervous that you wouldn't be allowed into Fight Island because maybe you had this sickness and you didn't even know it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that, that, that could have been, uh, been, been something, but I, I didn't think too much of it. I, was, uh, I felt healthy and well, but you never know if it's going to show up positive. So when the first test went through uh, uh, negative, I was uh, happy with that, and then I could relax. And where did you train? I trained in, in Oslo. We did a lot of outdoors training, and we worked the right way around it because our gym was closed. Oh, You're... Yeah. Your uh, your interview after the heel hook and congratulations! Like dude, Gastelum's a tough dude to, to take out, let alone in the first minute like that. But during your interview after the fight, you had mapped out Whitaker and Till, and then the winner of that with uh, yeah. Adesanya and Costa. Like you've really thought about your path to the belt, and uh, and it was, it was it was fun to watch you uh, explain that. Thank you. How, yeah. How, <laughs> so, how many fights do you have to win? To be the champion? Uh, probably, yes. Like, if everything works out, it's just going to be two fights, uh, man, because uh, the other guys has to kind of figure it out. And then I'm going to fight the winner between Whitaker and Till. And then I'm going to just stand there in the queue and uh, be ready. How do you see that fight playing out with Whitaker and Till? Uh, interesting one. It's going to be a close one. Both are great stand up fighters. Um, Till, a little bit more you know, uh, precise, and he, he's kind of stalking his opponents down uh, into his range. Whitaker, he's blitzing a little bit more of the, the karate style and with longer combinations. 
it's going to be a great fight. But I give a small edge to Whitaker. You know, he has been the champ and uh, he, he, he's great. So uh, I believe that he, he might, uh, might win. And you said that when you think when you fight for the belt, it will be uh, Paulo Costa you fight. You think his pressure will be too much for Adesanya? You don't think he'll be able to to stay away uh, long enough to survive the fight? Yeah, that that's what I feel. That he, he's just gonna go straight forward and just pour it on him, basically. And uh, you never know. Adesanya might might clip him on the way in and uh, and end that uh, that fight as well. But uh, uh, something is telling me that Costa is gonna gonna pull that one off. Do you think people underestimate Adesanya's power because he's, he's got so much finesse and style? For some reason, I mean, drop Brunson uh, and what he did to Whitaker. I think people tend to underestimate uh, his power and think that he's more just a, a finesse guy. I'm not saying you do, but I mean, do you think that people in general underestimate his strength? Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know, man. I think uh, Adesanya gets enough creds. Uh, I, I can see, though, that people is not uh, having the same opinion like me. Uh, there's not many people that believe that Costa is going to take him. And uh, I feel like he has a, a, yeah, a big, big chance to, to do that, actually. It, it's going to be interesting to see how Adesanya responds to the pressure. Yeah, why do you guys feel- no, no, I'm just going to say, it's got to feel good, man, because you, you took out uh, – I was there for the Jacare fight, and how yeah. he got out of that guillotine is beyond me. In the, I mean, that was sick. Your guillotines are one of the best in the business. Thank I mean, you. You, you have such success with that. That's why I was just so shocked when I saw that heel hook. I go, man, this, it's not, he's not, you're not a one-trick pony when it comes <laughs> to jiu-jitsu, man. And I, 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 don't, I, I almost want to ask – what other what other submissions are you go to? But I think we're gonna have to wait and see for that. I'd imagine. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna gonna tell you now, but you wait and wait and see. And I promise you, I have, I have more in store for those guys. Because I mean, you know, like I said, you took out Jacare, you took out David Branch, who's a buddy of mine, who's very good in jujitsu, and then we had the one slip up with Jared uh, Cannonier. And it's got to feel so good. See, I know what it's like to come back after one loss, even two losses. Yeah. Any pressure coming in knowing that you just had a loss and to get that, to get that monkey off your back? Kind of, but I, I always put the same pressure on myself, uh, you know, to, to reach to that uh, goal there. And I feel it's, it's uh, the same every time, man. It's just so much pressure all the time. And I felt it, but uh, yeah, you just have to overcome. With jiu-jitsu, you train strictly no gi or you ever mess around with the gi? No, strictly no gi. I, I wore, wore the gi once. So just once? It's just no gi training, yeah. Okay, and what belt do you now? Uh, I, I don't have any belt, man. I'm white belt. <laughs> You're a white belt. You're a dangerous yeah. effing white belt, I'll tell you. Right now. <laughs> Imagine that guy jumps into class for the first time. I'm a white belt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a strike yet. Fucking Jack. Unbelievable, man. Do you, do you think uh, Calvin seems to have a little uh, trouble at middleweight? Do you think it's, it's just the size difference with, with the guys? Uh, he's, he's had a bit, of a, a bit of a harder time. Is it, uh, I, I'm wondering what that is because he's such a great fighter, but he hasn't looked great in the last couple. But saying that, you know, you have to just rewind two fights. He fought Adesanya. He almost, you know, he almost yeah. won that fight. It, it, it wasn't like just one time in a fight. He, he almost, you know, he, 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 
he owned parts of that fight. So he is for sure one of the best middleweights out there. It's just like everybody's so good, and I think it's just the matchups. So I, I wouldn't uh, say that the size is, is a big problem uh, for Calvin. It's, uh, I think it's the styles that, that makes the fights. And it was a, a split decision to uh, to till as well. So it wasn't, yeah, you're right. It wasn't exactly a, uh, it, it wasn't a beating. But I'm always interested when somebody switches weight classes and then they seem to have a, a bit of a harder time if there's a reason <coughs> for it. Yeah, yeah. The thing is that, the, of course, he has smaller uh, uh, body, but he, I think he missed wa- weight once in, in the middleweight as well. So he, he probably packs a little bit of weight, uh, right. <laughs> I believe. It's yeah. not my problem. He's a fatty. Yeah. So Yeah, I was going to say, what do you do like, next? Uh, what's, what's next? Because you obviously, uh, you didn't take any real damage at all. So you're ready to go, which I know that's got to be the best kind of win for you guys is where it's done. Uh, you had a great camp and, and, and you win and you take no damage. And now you're ready for, for, for the next, uh, the next uh, fight. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to have my eyes on that fight next, uh, next week and see how it goes between uh, Whitaker and Till. And then I'm just going to stay in shape and stay ready. All right, Jack. Well, we, uh, we really enjoy watching you. And, and it's nice to see you get things back in the win column. Um, you know, and uh, you definitely, I think your plan is pretty good. And, uh, and hopefully you'll be fighting for a belt, uh, you know, within a year. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Very Jack, entertaining, I think, man. <laughs> awesome. Jack, I, I, I think Jack is even more intimidating when he's celebrating his victory. I can't hold it back. <laughs> Best uh, it's feeling, crazy. right? Best feeling in the world, Jack. Oh, there's nothing like it. I love it. Yes. It seems, oh, I notice man. guys celebrate crazy like that. When fights end faster, it seems like there's just so much more energy you had to give that they have to get it out. You don't see guys doing that usually after a five-round split decision slugfest. It's usually after a win like that. Yeah, of the final round, you won't have the energy, man. <laughs> yeah, quick oh, well quick. done. Congratulations, man. You look great, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. It's, uh, it's always fun watching you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Congrats, All right. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, that's shocking that a white belt. That's that's crazy. To to take out Gastelum as a white belt, that is, is incredibly uh yeah, I mean, he's, incredible. Without a gi, he's he's a black belt. I mean, that the stuff he's pulling off is not just, you know, that's not that's and first of all, what a technician, man. I mean, that was pinpoint. And uh, I liked hearing him talk about how, you know, 
Kelvin gets like into a tripod. So he leaves himself open for the leg locks. And you know, that wasn't just throwing out something, hoping it lasts. Oh, by the way, the, oh, what's that girl fight? Let me look it up now. The, the, the two Brazilian girls. And it was the knee bar when I, I want to get it right here. It was Ariane, uh, Ariane Lipsky. She took out Luana Carolina with a knee bar at a minute 28. Now, did you see this on the prelims? Was that a prelim? No, it wasn't a prelim. It was I on the main the fight, yeah. It was on the main card. Oh, my God, how beautiful. Um, uh, what's the name? Carolina was going for a calf slice. You know what a calf slice is, Jimmy? No. When the legs, the legs in the middle <laughs> of the leg, and it's bent, and it like feels like it's gonna pop your knee off. But what the fuck? What the, Ari, I'm gonna make sure Ari, it's Ariani. Am I saying her name right? Ariani, right? Lipsky. Ariani Lipsky. Jimmy. She's sitting on her, and her one leg's a little bit in jeopardy. But the free leg of Carolina, she got a straight. I never seen a knee bar done like this in the UFC because she didn't lay down with it. She stayed on her. She kept it locked up and she just wrenched that thing where her, her Carolina, her opponent just let out a scream. It was so nasty. It was so gnarly yet. So beautiful. I, I you know, as a jujitsu guy, I was just like, fuck, that was awesome. So why so, is that one harder, Matt? The one you just described, why is that harder than the way it's typically done? Well, it, it's more of unusual the way it was, where uh, Carolina was going for the, the, the calf slice, and she, she was doing it. Uh, it was weird the way she got it. It was a little unusual, but I'm like, oh, that girl's legs in jeopardy. But um, uh, Ariani was sitting on her backwards, facing her legs. Her one leg is tied up, and the other leg was free. So she just grabbed it. Normally, you lay down with it. She just stayed sitting on her, but the leg was already straight. She secured the foot, so now the the leg is is extended. Anything else is going to be hyperextension. Her pelvis was right on the kneecap, so she was sitting on her, and you see her just put her pelvis forward as she leans back, and instant scream. Steve-O, did you see it? Uh, I think I actually – I don't remember. It was quick, huh? You're taking your Peru dog for a walk during that? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, got I, good fight, Steve-O. You got to watch that thing. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I did, but I just, for, for some reason, you, you know, didn't I watched it. the whole You did card. not see it because you would not have forgotten it. It's that fucking good. Right. All right. Uh, Steve-O, I'm not yelling at you, Steve-O. I'm just happy. I, I, I get excited. I get excited. He's very passionate. No, I, I love it. I love Ooh. it. And I, I never miss a fight, so I'm sure I did see it, but... uh well, man, just, the, the Jacasey fight was the fight of the night. Like, uh, that guy Fizev, I, I remember the hell out of that. Like, uh, one now. uh, which one, which one, which one? That was right before, uh, Gastelum Hermanson, right? Yeah, that oh, was yes, man. yes. Oh, that was a fun fight, yeah. I, I'll tell you, uh, Rafael, uh, Fizev was uh, Fizev, am I saying right? Fizev, Fizev, what? <laughs> I'll tell you, Steve. It's not my. I cheap. never help him. <laughs> he doesn't help me. He just, he just likes to see never. me. He just I likes never to help him. Struggle, but uh, yeah. Listen, first of all, great fights. The list. I mean, I seen two cards when I was there, so they're all blending into one right now of all the fights. But what great fight cards? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to start. You want to talk about this by, card? Now? By the way, I want to uh, before I forget too, because well, we had on uh, Jimmy Rivera. 
um, looked great against. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I was really, really happy for Jimmy against Cody Stamen. That was a, a great fight. And it made me just remind me of it. People were talking about the leg, uh, the heel hook on Gaston. But I love anything with legs are my favorite things in, in UFC to watch. Leg You're a kicks. leg man. I just love watching it because <laughs> I'm an ass man. You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bully. John uh, Jones, uh, one time in studio, I get, I never had anything as crazy as a hammer, but I had that. I would get them to do stuff like little moves. And so John one time gave me a knee in my thigh just to see what that felt or a shin in my thigh. And it shocked my system so much. I almost threw up. Like it was such an incredibly painful thing. I went my head. I got a buzz in my head. I thought I was going to pass out. So any type of leg stuff, um, I've always loved ever since that because I realized how much it fucking hurts. And it doesn't look like it hurts, but it really hurts whenever they have leg uh, leg damage. And guys, I felt bad for uh, Benavidez, man. Oh my that god, was, that was a rough one, man. And it was a picture of his wife. I know uh, Megan Olivia. She's so they're such a nice couple. Yeah, we like Megan outside a lot. the cage. She was outside the cage, like on the on the apron there, like trying to see to him. And it was a cute picture because they're very, very, very nice couple. You yeah, know, we had them both on here before. He's a very tough guy too. I mean, uh, I, I thought he was going to survive that round. At first, I was shocked that he got back out. Like the fact that he survived, right? Uh, that initial shot uh, was a miracle. And then I'm like, I think he's going to actually make it through. And then, uh, and then Figueroa just got on top of him again. I mean, it was, it Figueroa's was a problem, man. He's a problem. Yeah, he really is. Accurate, powerful hands, world-class jujitsu. I mean, Joe B wasn't in that fight at all. It's upsetting. Right. It's upsetting because he's such a like, nice guy. The three times he got knocked down were all, like, identical, too. Yes. You know, like, it was uh, it was pretty, pretty incredible the way, like, uh, he got back up each time, and uh, and it just looked so similar. You know yeah, what was, was fucking like, awkward, Steve-O and Jimmy? It was when when the fight ended, and you know Joe was on the on the on the they stood yeah. him down on the stool. So Figueroa went over to give him some respect, and then just got on his knees and just sort of like kind of like getting emotional in front of him. And Joe's just sitting there like, I right, you know, come on, man. Fucking, can you do that somewhere else? Joe's like, really? I feel like I feel like I should be crying too, motherfucker. But I don't Joe. It's almost like, what do you want him to do? What, what do you, you want from me? <laughs> what do you want? Really? What do you want from me? You want me to? Oh, I shit, guess that man. for you guys, that's got to be such an adrenaline dump of some sort. Like whatever it is that happens. Because again, I've never fought too. There's got. It's got to be such an emotional. Like again, like Hermanson letting that out. Like with these guys, there's so much. If you have 50 gallons of, of, of what you need and you are done in three gallons, you have 47 gallons that has to come out somehow. That's got to go it's, somewhere. It's not so much the energy. That, that, that's that. Or the emotion. This is, this is what I'll tell you. It's the emotion. Both, uh, like two of the ones that come to mind are like, uh, is the St. Pierre fight. And, and that, what's the other one? Um, Frank Trigg. Oh, yeah, it was Trigg. Frank Trigg. I, when I knocked him out cold. Yeah, but listen. Did. I'll talk about the trig one for, for a change. I remember when I connected <laughs> with him and he went down. Steve, we, we bring this up once in a while. Occasionally, I have to twist his arm. I'm like, come nah, on, Matt, just I, a I, second. I get embarrassed talking about it. <laughs> UFC 109 on, on, on Fight Pass if you want to watch it. But uh, when I knocked him down and I got on top of him and I seen his chin there, and it was almost like, you ever see like RoboCop when he looks through the RoboCop thing and he goes, ding, ding, and it like zooms in on the targets. So I saw his chin. And I remember just blasting him, blasting him until the ref jumps in. Now, look, 
That was the first round. When they break it up, and you talked about how about when you were asking Jack, you know, you got you were so amped up afterwards, and I don't really see fighters after a five-round decision amped up. This is, this is what I feel for me. After a five-round decision, even though if you won and you're happy, that's one thing. But you know it's over. Like, when you're in the middle of this, and like when I had Frank Hurt, and I jumped on him, when that ref jumped in, it's a relief. It's of like, okay, he can't hurt me no more. This is done. It's over. They can't restart this shit. Thank God. It's, you're almost like thanking God this is over. That's like, because you're in such a, it's such a, you listen, it's the hurt business. So if he survives the onslaught, he could get up and try to hurt you again. I know it's very simple, but that's your mindset of, I have to end this threat. So when that threat is ended, yes, you're happy you won, but you're like, fuck yeah, it's, it's good. It's done. It's over. Put the stamp on it. You know what I mean? So you're just so amped up that, the, that you took care of business. It's over. You spent the last two to three months with this guy's fucking face on your refrigerator. And I had Frank Trigg, so that helped my diet also. So, uh, yeah, you guys are the comedians, cocksuckers. I just throw some shit out there. But listen, all I know is it, that's the relief that you're, that's what you're sensing. is a, Or that's at least how, from my point of view of the guy that was in there. It's like, good, it's over. No backsies, I right. win. Yeah. Boom. So, done. you know, that's the adrenaline you're feeling. You know what I mean? Well, Steve, um, we, as we, uh, I, I'm so happy to see you and happy to see you, Matt. Um, where can people see your, hear your podcast too, Steve? Because I, I know you're just, you're an extremely entertaining human being. Well, thank you so much, man. It's Steve-O's Wild Ride podcast. It lives on YouTube and then the audio version everywhere podcasts are available. And uh, I got to just say it again, man, this, this new comedy special with the multimedia and all the crazy gnarly shit going on, it's called Gnarly. You can find it at steveotv.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-O-T-V.com. What's Wild Ride? Podcast. Um, it's um, I, I do it in advantage. See, when I decided to get on the podcast bandwagon, I figured, man, you know, like I personally, when people say, "Well, you do my podcast," tends to be the most annoying question ever. And I thought, now if I'm going to be fucking asking people, "Will you do my podcast?" Let me at least uh, be able to drive the studio over to them to make it convenient. Ooh. You know, like wherever, whenever is most easy for my guests. And uh, yeah, I'm in my RV right now. It's the wild ride, dude, and I cruise it on over, and and uh, you know, fucking, we do, do the podcast. How is it like? How long do you stay in that RV? Like, you live there for like a bit, like when you go. I mean, it depends. It? Like, um, it depends. I, it's uh, I love I love being in it. You know, just uh, you know, I just yeah, I, I spent three nights, you know, down in San Diego, like uh, a few nights ago. Like I, it, it, it switches from a, a podcast studio to a living room. And man, I've been, I've been pretty fortunate, man, with, uh, with my guests. I've had Shaq, uh, I had Dana White, Demi Lovato, Tony Hawk, Ronda Shit, Rousey, uh, John Jones, um, I, like uh, Tiffany Haddish is a big one, super psyched on that. Dr. Drew. So yeah, I've been, uh, I've, I've been really um, doing, doing pretty well with it, you know, getting big guests and, and uh, good numbers and yeah, life is good, man. Awesome. Steve. Awesome, dude. 
Well, I'm happy for you, buddy. I'm, I'm happy you look really well, and I'm very happy for you that life is so good. Uh, you're, well, you're a good guy, man. I'm happy for you. Hey, likewise, man. Thank you. Thank you. Sobriety is a good deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. It really well, is. For, some, go. for some. No, for some. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not a, hey, hey, I, I don't believe in any drugs. I, I do do the marriage. Matt does drugs. Yeah, Matt does drugs. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I do have arthritis. But you wouldn't know that if you saw me uh, climbing the wall. Hey, Steve-O, did you see Dana White looking forward to a fight? Oh, uh, with uh, Mike Bisbing in the air tunnel? Yes. <laughs> you have to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I said they, they played clips of it during the, the main card. I know, but I wasn't uh, in those clips. You have to watch the one I'm in. Okay. okay. Yeah, oh, and I saw the... I saw the uh, an Instagram post. You and I have the same Fight Island shirt, the the Miami oh, Vice looking style one. It's fucking nice, isn't it? It's, it's it a cool shirt, nice. man. It's uh, a cool and, shirt. I'm jealous. Nah, me and you get hooked up with that shit. Somebody doesn't, but I'm gonna put the word in. So please do. I'm gonna <laughs> order, some yeah. order some mediums for my Jimmy Bird. Thank you. All right, yeah, dude. Ah, uh, man, it's, it's such a pleasure talking to you guys, man. You too, I'm pal. just such a such a fan of the UFC, such a fan of you both. And uh, uh, yeah, man. Hell yeah, dudes. Come That's on again mutual. soon, bro. Come we'll on again soon. Sure. All right. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm, I'm uh, anytime you guys want to reach out, I'm always uh, thrilled to come on, man. And I, I really appreciate it. Awesome, right, Steve-O. Take care, right, man. We'll man. talk to you soon. Take yeah, care, Steve-O. Sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's a pleasure, Steve-O. Great guy. I love Steve. And I'm happy he's doing well, because if you looked at that show back when it was going, you're like, all right, if you had to pick yeah. one guy that's just not going to probably make it, you'd probably sure. pick Steve-O, because he was so out of control, so yeah. nutty. But uh, I'm happy to see him doing well. And uh, Jimmy, I didn't say it earlier, but I'm going to say it now. Happy belated birthday, brother. Thank you, buddy. You know what I mean? Thank you very much. I mean, I, was, uh, I wasn't around, or I would have wished you a happy birthday. Yeah, it's okay. But I'm, I'm doing it now. Thanks, huh? pal. Let me tell you, 49 never looked better. Look at you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm right behind you anyway. All right, Jimmy, so we're on for Wednesday. We and sure are. We're going to delve into some of these fights that we did not get to talk about yet. Yes, we will. You know what I mean? Because I, yes. I, don't, I don't want those people thinking, ah, well, you're not talking about my fight. We oh, mentioned a little bit. We talked a little bit about Jimmy Rivera. Yep. He's basically, he's your sensei. I he love was happy him. To, he was happy to see me out there. I was happy to see him. Yep. I was on the plane ride uh, with Cody Stamen coming back. Another nice kid, you know, spoke about how he maybe shouldn't have took another fight so soon. At the yeah, point. yeah, that was a little soon, sure. We're, we're going to keep the audience in suspense, and we're going to give them all those juicy, juicy little tidbits on Wednesday's show. You got it, buddy. Jimmy, I'll talk to you then, brother. See you in a couple days. Goodbye, Unfiltered Army. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. It's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard... I have a podcast that's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically it's conversations I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox. There are new episodes out every Thursday. So subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 